This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Welcome to this wonderful Thursday. It's Voice of Change time. It's Lauren Jacobs and it's Kay Pulpit. Welcome to the show today. Pray that you've been having a wonderful one. Today we're going to jump right into the show because we've got so much that, you know, we really want to get into today. So, you know, I'm going to be talking about gender-based violence today, but more about faith action and also, you know, touching on the International Day of Families, which takes place on the 15th of May this year and is all about, you know, really thinking about the family really kind of looking at the family and today my guest on the show is really really going to be touching on the family the place of the family especially when we talk about not only gender-based violence but when we talk about gender justice a term we don't hear much of but a term that we're going to unpack a little bit for you today so my guest on the show Seth Nyker is a speaker a facilitator a coach and is really someone who is working deeply in social justice issues as well as having a passionate heart for dignity for people and is involved with faith action as well as heartlines and so we're going to get into it today without further ado we know that Seth is with us after this it's going to be great so you know what stay with me we're going to be talking about a few important issues as well as Seth is going to be challenging us and we're going to go through some things that we're going to wrestle with today so that's always good to be maybe challenged and to think about things and to really be in that space where we can really go okay what is he saying how can we understand the place of family the place of gender justice as well as gender-based violence it's all happening on voice of change stay tuned Seth it is so good to have you with me today on the show you know already revved up ready to go revving for social justice and ready to make changes and today we're going to be challenging the listeners and also going to be inviting them into this conversation as we open up time for some questions later on in the show and talking really about gender-based violence and faith and you know how that connects together something that you're so passionate about before we get into that and get all excited welcome to the show it's great to have yeah, thank you, Lauren, to you and your listeners on The Voice of Change. It's really an honor to be with you all and really look forward to getting into this conversation around faith and gender justice and ending gender-based violence. Mm, I love I love this, you know, because gender-based violence has often been something, hasn't it, where kind of for many years, I know that it is changing, the change is slow, but for many years, you know, churches and faith communities haven't really been that involved in the conversation on gender justice specifically and gender-based violence. You know, is that something that you've noticed throughout your extensive years of working in this industry that things are changing, it is slow, but it's, it's also still something that the church needs to get into more? Yeah, I mean, on, on one side, we must say thank you to to the church that is currently getting behind the conversation, because I think there's pockets and there's silos that have embraced the conversation around gender justice. Uh, and so we say thank you in that light. Mm. But on the other side of the conversation, there are many uh, churches who did a lot better in the conversations around, you know, racial justice mm. and fighting apartheid and uh, you know, and even post the uh, the end of apartheid and the beginning of the democracy, 
some folk began to really believe in the unity process and reconciliation. But somehow, based on how we believe through our faith or through our theology, I should say, we seem to be restricted and limited around the issues of gender justice, mm -hmm. around the rights of women and uh, the rights of people who are marginalized based on, on their gender identity. So definitely there's a lot more that we can do, but I'm grateful that, you know, we've got the faith action collaborative, faith action to end gender-based violence hmm. that uh, started to come into motion in 2020. And we're now quite a sizable group of collaborative organizations around the, the country uh, where people are putting their faith into action around gender justice. So definitely, Lauren, I hope people that are out there listening, we say thank you for where you are plugged in and connected mm -hmm. to gender justice. But the reality is that we are doing uh, too little and mm -hmm. sometimes too little too late, especially when we see the exacerbation of gender injustice and the continued uh, diminishment of the rights of women uh, and the death rates that mm. continue because of violence in our country. Mm. You know, such port important, each one important that you're referring to now, each one a topic on its own. And before I want to really touch on, you know, faith action against, you know, gender-based violence, maybe you can unpack the term gender justice for us before we get into that, because I think some people hear that and they go, okay, gender justice. Now, we're not just talking about gender-based violence. We're talking about, you know, equality here. What is this about? And we're talking about marginalization of peoples, particularly women. So, Seth, can you unpack that for us almost as a definition when we think and hear the term gender justice? What does this mean? Yeah, so yo, yo, we want to address, you know, people and their gender identities. So on, you know, for those that are, uh, you know, you may get a few folk that are quite concerned about, well, where, where are men in the picture? Hmm. What happens with men's rights? Well, men all, also carry a gender identity. So, you know, when you give it a broad stroke in that light, it allows us to, to encapsulate gender as a whole. Um, so it then includes women. And gender, gender folk who would fall outside binary definitions. Mm -hmm. So we have folk in our, in our country today that would say, I'm a man or I'm a woman. And then we also have, you know, uh, LGBTQI plus plus communities who also end up in this arena of gender-based violence uh, because of their orientation or, you know, relationship orientation or one would say sexual orientation. Uh, people are marginalized. And not only are they marginalized and bullied or sworn at, they are also ill-treated and their lives are taken uh, based on their gender identities or in which way they relate to people. So it is, it is a tough conversation because many people, as soon as they hear LGBTQI++, they get, they get bang, they get scruck. They, they, they begin to worry, oh, what's this going to do now? Am I, am I watering down my faith? Uh, you know, and, and, it, and it returns to how we believe and how we've been trained theologically. So mm -hmm. I think it's a conversation that we need to get into as people who might be inspired by faith or believe the teachings of the word of God, uh, people that come from other religious traditions. Uh, but right here with, you know, uh, voice, the voice of change, 
if you're a Christian out there, get into the conversation, mm-hmm. uh, you know, explore um, resources where we engage. Like, for example, I, I remember a resource when I was, you know, at, at uh, studying theology, uh, where a, a professor of mine, Janelle Paris, said to me, uh, Lauren, mm-hmm. Seth, you need to read uh, material on the other side of the, the debate, mm-hmm. where we, we explore through sociology and psychology. Uh, the broader definitions of life and how people have been socially constructed through Mm. their understanding of who they are, uh, their racial identity, their gender identity, their class identity. So those intersectionalities allow us to to begin to understand what does it mean then to talk about people's dignity and humanity, their Ubuntu, the Umuntu Gumuntu Gabantu, the... the humanity of the person. So when we think about gender in that way, I hope people begin to understand, which which is for some already a shocker. Mm-hmm. Oh, so you're not just talking now about, you know, women. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yes, we are talking about women and we're talking about men because we all carry gender identities. Mm-hmm. However, we're also talking about people that are otherized further because they don't fit into the binary distinction of man or either woman. Uh, it's broader. And, and we have to wrestle with that, not just in South Africa, but across Africa and around the world. Hmm. You know, this is interesting as well. When we talk about faith action against gender-based violence, we're talking about, you know, having faith and taking action as well. And now you, with, you know, faith action against gender-based violence, like you said, happening in 2020 and many people, you know, joining and starting to take action against gender-based violence and particularly being moved by their faith to take action. Now, what have you guys been up to? I know that in these two weeks leading up to the International Day of Families, which is, you know, culminating on the 15th of May this week, you know, you guys have been doing campaigns and you've been sharing things. Tell us a bit about what action you guys have been taking when we're talking about gender-based violence and how this relates to the family as well. Yeah, so firstly, let me give a shout out to our uh, faith and services uh, unit at Faith Faith Action. And if some of you would see some of the communications, you would see our national coordinator, uh, Daniela Genrich and Mahadi Butelezi, that are taking a lead on this, uh, this uh, campaign. But it is the, uh, we have it registered as the IDF campaign, mm-hmm. the International Day for Families, which is on the 15th of May. Um, and it's, it's not only recognized by international bodies, but also by South Africa. So it's International Family Family Day mm-hmm. uh, or, or the Day for Families. And what we have done in this campaign, it's a, it's a messaging campaign where we're putting out uh, about seven messages that will capture the imagination of people. And it's really targeted at socials. So we have it going on on our Facebook page of the Faith Action uh, Facebook page. We have it on Twitter handles. We're sharing it on We Will Speak Out SA. Uh, we are sharing it uh, with an organization that I I work for and and, am an associate of Heartlines, also with UN Women. So if you followed, uh, for example, if people checked out some of my posts personally, I've posted it on LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, uh, WhatsApp groups. And the idea is to put the quote into the conversation. Mm -hmm. And we're hoping that by hitting the socials, it ends up being at the, you know, the coffee table catch up or the dinner table catch up with family uh, and it's using words, uh, well-postured, to really tag on uh, around 
you know, matters of gender justice. And, and we've asked for people to, to kind of come on board and, and partner with us mm. as, we, as, we, as we get this campaign going. So that's currently happening. More than that, as, as, a, as, a, uh, as a movement, Faith Action has, has launched um, last year uh, what they call the Faith Leaders Gender Transformation Program, mm-hmm. the FLGTP. So last year in 2021, we had our first cohort and I, um, you know, I kind of volunteered, but I also fully participated mm-hmm. and um, came out as, if you like, as a, as a graduate of that online uh, program that crossed over almost eight months of, of learning every month. We, we got to wrestle with conversational topics around issues of gender justice, gender-based violence and femicide, as well as looking at theology. So we had people like Dr. Nontando uh, Hadebe and mm. uh, Dr. Riti Fanikerk, uh, Jana Macaulay, uh, and, and a host of others that came along and did some lectures. This year, that program continues. And this is really around education, bringing awareness and having tough conversations, but within a kind of a, uh, you know, not fully academic, but I'll say more a practical and academic setting. And we do this through an online program. So th- those are some of the actions that are happening uh, with the Faith Action. Mm-hmm. I also want to want to give a call out, like we've, uh, when the president came out and, and we knew that COVID was coming in 2020, across the terrain, those of us that are interested in justice issues, it wasn't like COVID made, you know, um, gender-based violence works. It was already there. Hmm. It wasn't like COVID made Black Lives Matter a hashtag to go global. Black Lives Matter needed to matter already. It was already there. But what COVID did do was it exacerbated it. It Hmm. brought a lens, uh, you know, a kind of magnifying glass on these issues because we saw the irregularities erupting around families, around uh, social spaces, around the fact that many men, unfortunately, were now at home. Hmm. And, and not going to work and not having their, their outlets. And, and, and by and large, we've seen a rise in divorce r- right around the country across yeah. these, you know, what, what one can call 785 days of lockdowns. So, so, uh, so what we've tried to do is get people to connect with their families, get people to begin to think. And we are grateful for, for beautiful examples of, of people bringing in the dialogue into their church, uh, into their pulpit preaching time. Uh, for me personally, if I may, Lauren, mm-hmm. I'm really excited about a campaign that kind of combines on the other side of my work with an organization called Heartlines, mm-hmm. where we've got a campaign called Fathers Matter. And at first mm-hmm. glance, people would say, hey, hang on a second. How can you, where, where's the qualification? We're talking about gender-based violence. You talk about Fathers Matter. Mm-hmm. Well, if we start to conscientize men in the same way, like Mother's Day just passed. And you can just show, yeah. see the outpouring of love for mothers by all kinds of people. Mm. You know, men, women, children, gender, other, uh, beyond the binary distinctions, right across the world for our mothers. Mm. Now, if we focus that on, say, for example, a million men to say, if you've got the same love and respect for your mother, cross that off, cross that over into your everyday life with the, the woman and the people that are in your environment that are the gendered others according to you in this male masculine world. Mm. And so Fathers Matter is kind of calling on men and fathers to become actively, positively present men Mm. and fathers in their community. And how? 
well, not just being available to be the ATMs or the resource folk, but actually be committed to relationships with their spouses or their significant others, be committed to being involved in parenting with their children, actually saying to them, listen, don't only be involved in going to work and doing the socials, Mm -hmm. get involved in doing the homework. So, so these are some of the areas we are pointing ourselves uh, toward and calling people to get involved with, with, uh, with this conversation around ending gender-based violence and femicide uh, Mm -hmm. in our country, across Africa and around the world. Hmm. Which is so very important to do. And I think one of the things that, you know, you've been saying to us over and over again, and I do want to say this on Voice of Change today, you know, is that we all come from a different theological background. And, you know, one of the things I hear um, Seth saying is to wrestle with, you know, and have these conversations. It doesn't necessarily mean that you might accept the outcomes, but it does mean that perhaps, you know, it's just about thinking and it's just about, you know, having a, having those conversations, which is important because then you share your voice, you hear other people's voices and we hear these different realities. And then also, you know, when we think about the family, when I did my master's degree in theology, I did it on, you know, gender-based violence and abuse, particularly on women within families. But, you know, what was the church response? And the big thing that we see when we hear the word family is that oftentimes we know it's very abstract. What family, that word means to me is, is not the same as what it means to, you know, you guys listening today, you as the listener. But we also know that families we think of and we want and we yearn for them to be safe spaces. And that's kind of the thought that we bring into the pulpit when we preach on family, when we talk about these things. But yet we know that, you know, one in three women experience some sort of violence by an intimate partner. We know that statistically one in three females are trafficked by a family member. Marital rape is a reality. And actually, it's not even a crime in at least 10 countries in the world. So rape happens in marriage. And that's, you know, something we've got to wrestle with as well. We also know that almost 750 million women and girls are alive today that, you know, are alive today will be married before their 18th birthday. That is a big deal. And when children even witness things like domestic violence in their home, you know, they will and possibly, and we hear about it often, will perpetuate that same level of abuse. And we know that one in five households globally are headed up by women and are vulnerable when it comes to poverty, economic violence, gender discrimination. And it is, it is quite interesting that, you know, we have these statistics. And I think that as communities, as people of faith, we have to think about what this means. We need to think about how we preach families. And Seth, I, I think that that's an important reality as well. When, when we hear often about the family preached from the pulpit, we often hear about, you know, the family is how important it is. And it is important. But for many people sitting in the pews, you know, their family life is, is not safe. You know, there is gender-based violence happening at home, children exposed to violence, you know, women being abused, even by leaders within congregations. And so isn't this a challenge for faith leaders as well to really think about how we speak about the family and how we understand the family. We would love the family to be the ultimate safe place, the place of nurture for the children, you know, the the perfect environment. But ultimately we are sitting with congregations where that is not the reality. How do we deal with that? 
Well, Lauren, thank you. And, and well, and, you know, I'd love to even look more at your own research because I think it's, it's beautiful that you've done your, your master's with that focus. Um, and, you know, not, not, to, not to put more on the table, but it is, it is shocking statistics. Like if we think about on a typical day, there are more than 20,000 phone calls placed to domestic violence hotlines nationwide. Mm. Uh, you know, intimate partner violence accounts for 15% of all violent crimes. And, and for the church, this is connected to us. It's connected to our lives and our communities and our church spaces hmm. um, and connected to the families which we serve. So, you know, one can speak about the macro space, but I too work in the church environment and I, I work with churches. And if I talk about my microcosm, there are families and over the last, uh, you know, two to three years that we're serving in the south side of Joburg, we are dealing with cases where uh, sometimes it's subtly reported in of kind of the violence at homes, but on a regular basis without fail, uh, every month, there's at least two to three cases that we are dealing where we have to engage with families around uh, violence that is happening in and around family spaces. Mm. largely focused and, and, and attacking the livelihood and well-being of women mm. and then children as well. So the perpetrators, unfortunately, based on whatever they've been uh, you know, through or, or the hassle that has been created in their life, and we also want to be compassionate to these so-called you know, perpetrators, the, the, mm. the men mm -hmm. that, are, that are the lead in, in, this, in this, you know, this drama, the sad drama of life. Hmm. But this is this is what we're dealing with. And it now requires for us to 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 stop the clock as pastors and and elders and deacons and, you know, leadership at churches and begin to reflect and say, how do we have a much more critical conversation? And then how do we begin to educate differently? Hmm. Now, people might say, you know, what's the importance of sharing the mic at church? You know, I say I say it like this. I said. Every time we put a mic in the hand of a woman or a child or, or someone other than a man in the church space, we are allowing our community to hear more voices, different voices. Mm -hmm. And people are growing up in this context. It's not unusual then to hear a woman speaking in leadership, mm -hmm. not just a woman leading at home, but leading in the church context. And so we, we start to flip the script right there. Uh, it will require for some of our pastors to, to, to kind of inquire deep about what they can do. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, you talk about abuse and yes, we, we must, we must stop the clock on, on physical abuse, but a lot of this, a lot of, a lot of this is rooted in the way people think. Mm -hmm. And, and the way that we think in church is informed by the way we are taught and how are we taught taught? We are taught through theology and biblical accounts that are, are very narrowly focused around the prioritization of men and mm. patriarchy. Mm. Uh, and so how, do, how does a pastor then think? If he's thinking about, well, said, then what do I do? Well, try the exercise. For example, try pray, pray, praying. I'm not pushing you to even call God mother because for some people, as you said, Lauren, that might be too far. Mm. But just call God, God. You mm. know, instead of using the pronoun, especially those that are out there, you know, the, as you said, you know, the Gen Zs, the millennials, they know this. Uh, you know, how do you, how do you describe yourself with your pronoun? Try calling Jesus, Jesus. Mm. Uh, and just pray in that way. Pray in the name of God, our creator. 
pray in and 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 try to strip out of our language uh patriarchy now someone might say but isn't that pushing it too far i'm saying no because these subtle soft landings begin to change the conversation and if someone asks why are we just calling god god then you say we want people to explore god as god not god trapped in a male identity and right there is a great conversation to have but we can't have that conversation if leaders in churches lauren don't start doing this and so what what do we end up doing if a woman starts to speak up in our communities and feel the passion we shut them down mm. we even come with our word and our teachings and i'm saying we need to create safe spaces and and at faith action this is what we talk about even in the faith leadership program how can leaders create safe and courageous spaces to actually engage and stop pushing back at voices that are actually standing up for justice issues and more especially in this case on gender based violence gender justice issues so the way that i preach the way that we teach the way that we sing the way that we worship actually can make active positive change in the minds hearts thinking and behavior of our people so so church time whether it's online or or, or right in the physical building what we do and how we construct that service if it is not focused and conscientized around issues of justice and more especially around gender justice where we just leave our girl children and our women or the women in our community aside then we we continue to 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 allow things to remain the same so mm-hmm. there's a lot of actions that we need to take and that means it's going to it's going to mean that we're going to have to unlearn some things as mm-hmm. ministers as yeah. preachers as teachers as worship leaders as youth pastors and begin to engage in a deeper conversation otherwise like you said lauren some of your listeners they know that they are becoming disgruntled by going to church because church is not meeting their kind of thinking critically questioning uh, ideas and uh, this this must not become the reality you know beyond 2022 and and beyond we need we need to change uh, in light of this conversation So many important points to realize. Yes, so much to actually think about. And you know what? I want to I want to give you a chance to really think about, you know, what Seth has been saying today. We also want to invite you into the conversation and you know to share maybe a, a WhatsApp message and to just say, you know, what what about this or what do you think about that or whatever you know you can send us a message on 0817291657 we won't have time to get to maybe all your messages but if you get them through quick enough we will have a time to get to them enjoy some music i'm going to give you time to just sail in with everything that we have been chatting about but don't go anywhere because we're going to continue the conversation after this if you have a message send it to us we want to hear your thoughts I hope that you're enjoying Voice of Change today. It is myself Lauren Jacobs here and I'm joined by Seth Naker and we've been talking about gender justice and also gender-based violence, putting your faith into action and what we can be doing in our faith communities and also just what we can be doing in general, just wrestling with hard things. Now, I have some of your messages having come through, like I said, we won't get to all of them, but one of these messages says the following. Lauren, I know you were talking a lot about women here, but I'm a male survivor of gender-based violence, and I think with the Johnny Depp Amber Heard case, we can see that men are actually victims of violence, and I feel that 
that the church needs to realize this? Now, I actually quite like this question so much. I think touching on something very important here, Seth, I'd love to bring this to you for your, you know, comment. And as you know, together, we just do say thank you for sending in this message. I know it takes a lot to share things like this as well. So we really honor that as well. And Seth, I'd love for you to be able just to share your thoughts on this. Yeah, well, uh, thank you. Thank you for the question to the to the listener of Voice of Change. Um, uh, and thank you for also the confession and the reality of uh, that faces us, you know, uh, right, right center. It smacks mm. us right on the forehead. Mm. That the reality of gender-based violence in South Africa is faced by many women, but they are also men. So if we look at global statistics, one would say one in four women and one in seven men have faced some kind of physical violence mm. by a significant other, uh, a spouse or partner uh, in, in relationships. And right there, you know, that's, 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 that's something really to, to reflect on and think about seriously. So um, if, if people were listening on at the beginning of the show and when you asked me, Lauren, about, you know, why are we talking about gender justice? Well, mm. this is why we're talking about it. Um, and so instead of men being quiet about what's going on, they need to reach out for help. I mean, one of the quotes in our uh, faith action uh, campaign uh, that's on the International Day for Families is actually calling out, you know, uh, families that are living at home to call out for help before it gets too late. So when that first argument breaks out and it almost got to a, to a smack or some kind of violence, you know, they already begin to, to ask for some help. Don't let things come to boiling point. Um, so we want to acknowledge, uh, even with the work that we do with faith action uh, to end gender-based violence, that yes, there are many men folk that are out there uh, that are facing the abuse, even boys uh, that are within communities. You know, in my own microcosm, I have a few close friends, uh, Lauren, and of my close friends, if I had said, you know, uh, I've got 10 close friends, or let's say seven. Mm -hmm. And out of those seven, I would call some of them my best friends. Mm -hmm. Two of them have, have uh, faced uh, sexual abuse mm -hmm. as young boys. Mm -hmm. um, you know, four of them have, have been uh, physically, uh, had some physical kind of beating or hiding. So, I mean, th there's no one in my environment or friends that haven't been, you know, uh, handled, if I can say, unkindly or, or, or haven't had the experience of violence in some, in some way. So, so this then calls for a courageous conversation with men and with, uh, with the boys in our society. Uh, instead of us telling them, you know, like these, these quotes, boys don't cry, yeah. suck it up, be a man. What does that mean? What does it actually mean to be a man? Uh, what kind of man do you want? Do you want uh, that 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 man to be? What kind of man do you want that young boy to be? I have an experience where you know I, I call it uh, shaking manhood into 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 this young man, and and I I came uh, around and I found that uh, this 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 young boy was was being addressed by another male in his family and kind of, you know, encouraging him to be stronger, you know, but almost got a hold of his hands and saying, 
you know, you got to be stronger. Now, I know the intent was was to be good, but so what if the kid is not stronger just yet? Mm. So what if his, 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 his physique is not, you know, muscular just yet? And, and I think too many of our stereotypes uh, start to, to label men and put them in a socially constructed way that says to be a man is like this. To be a man, you can't be emotional. To be a man, you can't enjoy, you know, uh, the arts and creativity. To mm. be a man, you've got to be stone cold Steve Austin. You know, mm. sorry for, for Wesley. I'm, I don't <laughs> want to perpetuate stereotypes. But yeah. do you get what I'm saying? Like, that's the reality. And it's not like we don't know it. Mm. We know it. We know it in our churches. We know it in our communities. And we know what words we call men that don't come across as the masculine men that we want them to be. We've got words. We've got yeah. lingo. You know, yeah. I grew up with it. Yeah. I grew up with those words. So so as, as, this, as this person gives us this declaration and this truth, uh, more the need for us to talk about gender justice, you mm. know, so that we don't just have a male uh, masculinity patriarchy because there are men who are not wanting to be part of that empire of masculinity and yeah. patriarchy. Yeah. And they need to speak up instead of keeping quiet. They need to stand together in solidarity with women and the gendered other and those that are of, of you know, uh, that are not fitting the binary constructs of men and women. Come on, speak up. You know, mm-hmm. don't just keep quiet. If you know you've got something to say, uh, you know, and it's not just amen, hallelujah in the church, mm-hmm. or, you know, you're not just clapping your hand or, or reflecting quietly. Uh, call a conversation. Go meet with your uh, priest. Go meet with your pastor and say, as a member, I want to bring this up. I want to talk about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, instead of us making this a quiet conversation, pushing it to the side. So, yeah, uh, folk that are out there, um, you know, may I say, as a person who serves people, we are, I, re- I genuinely feel uh, sorry and empathetically so. Not, not, yeah. not, some, I, I, not sympathetically, but empathetically so. I feel sorry for the pain that you bear. Hmm. But together as a community, we can be, like Howard Thurman says, wounded healers. Hmm. And so if you've been abused, if you've been hurt, if you've been broken, by whatever violence has come upon you, uh, let's let's find a way uh, in our faith action to end gender gender violence and uh, gender femicide or gender based violence and femicide. Mm, amen. I want to say amen to that. You know, there's so many so many things I was thinking. You know, Seth. Uh, you know, a family member said to me, you know, recently that they've been married a very long time. And they said to me, you know, one of the things I never thought of when I was younger and I got married and was looking for a partner and the person I would marry, there was something that I never looked for in in a person. And unfortunately, because I never looked for this this thing, which I'm going to reveal in a few seconds, you know, they endured a marriage of abuse. And now that they are much older and been married for a long time, they said, if I chose someone for myself today, I would look for a man who is kind. And I never thought of that when I was young. And I think that it's exactly like you said earlier on, you know, just now, there are these traits, characteristics, attributes that we never think of when we when we are raised. I want to say when we look at at men, when we look at a partner. You know, now as I'm a bit older, you know, in my late thirties, I, I I 
really uphold the values of empathy, kindness, compassion, and want to see that in, in the person that I care about and love, you know. But when you're a teenager, I never thought about those things. You know, there are these very real stereotypes that even women grow up here. You need to find a man who can provide. You need to find a man who's strong. You know, you need to find a man who can lead and take control of situations. And the, that's what you kind of look for, but you you miss the other really important things that maybe would be better for you to be looking for kindness, compassion, empathy, someone who can be empathetic, you know, and I think that, again, this is how we are raised. It's those social constructs that we hear. It's how we are taught, you know, and I think that we need to start looking at that. What kind, we always say, you know, what kind of person do you want your daughter to end up with? Well, then firstly, be that kind of person as well. You know, you can't just say, oh, it's your daughter. Look for someone who's kind, but you're not a father who's kind. That's why fathers matter that campaign that you guys are doing is so important. These messages that we are giving our children and how we're raising them in our families, I think we really need to think very deeply about them and to really think, you know, maybe because we were raised a certain way, we heard certain messages. What if those messages aren't right, but we accept them as right? So this role of the family and really looking at these messages also becomes paramount and very important. Most definitely. And I mean, you, you, I, I can't say it better than you. Uh, and, and to the listeners that are out there, voice of change. Um, family is key. Uh, the way that we relate uh, with our spouses, our significant others, our children. Um, let me break it down. You know, I, I have, uh, I have my, my two children. Well, Marisha and I have four children. And I'm, I'm working in a home where I've got two uh, teenagers and one uh, early going school toddler kind of dude and then a 10 something it was acting like he's 16 <laughs> um you know in, in, <laughs> so so our, our lives are busy but the, the conversation and 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 the learning is is key here um allow allow for yourselves as, as parents to be engaging with your children mm-hmm. um and whether you're a mom or a dad or however your family is constructed um i want to say this to you allow for space now I'm not the best at it, and I think it's important for me to say that Marisha, as my covenant love partner, and, and we've been doing life together uh, for 20, 21 years this year mm. as, a, as a married couple. Um, so, 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 Lauren, I, I'm grateful for the role of Marisha in my life mm. as, a, as a mentor and, and a coach to me about who I am and my humanity. I mean, I hope that if you spoke to her, Lauren, that you'd get the same from Marisha to say, mm. yeah, Seth is, is, is come alongside me this way. So, so as a couple, as, as mom and dad to our kids, uh, we, we, we are working in our family context and we've, we, we are investing in a culture for courageous conversation so that my children can actually speak up mm. about my parenting. And I, you know, while I do the work that I do, I, I want to also say, you know, by way of a simple confession, I don't get it right all the time. Mm. You know, I've got, a, I've got a daughter in my house. There's three boys and, and one girl uh, with my children. And Mahalia uh, has called me out and said, Daddy, is, is, that, is that really the way that you want to say that? Is that the way that you want to talk right now? Mm. I mean, you know, yeah, she is speaking 14 and speaking her truth at, at 14, speaking her truth to me. And so, uh, so she's already coaching her father. Mm. And then I, I have to pause and stop the clock and say, yeah, Mahalia, I'm so sorry. I, you know, I, sometimes it's hard for daddy to actually 
practice what I preach. You know, <laughs> it's yeah. kind of in oh. your face. So, so you, 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 you lend yourself to this conversation. In another part of my life, uh, Lauren, and and the work that we do, and I'm grateful that I play football on you know Saturday mornings. Mm. Um, and and if any one of them get to hear this, they'll be like, "Hey, you're telling our stories." But <laughs> I mean, we have a beautiful community of men who gather to play football on Saturday mornings quite early. Uh, and they are of different religion, they are of different age and category and different race. Mm-hmm. But through football, we're able to connect with lives. And we have some amazing conversations. I mean, I have some moments to pray with, with people. Mm-hmm. They reach out and they'll tell me, like, last night, I, I remember one of, uh, one of the fellows telling me, hey, man, I'm sorry I'm a bit late, but, you know, I, I didn't want to talk about, about it. I said, about what? He says, yeah, man, I'm just, I'll tell you after the game. So after the game, he tells me and he says, you know, he's his granddad uh, was diagnosed with cancer. Mm. Normally, in a footballing community, people wouldn't talk about that. Yeah. But we've created a context and a culture for us to talk about our real-life situations and not just play football. Mm. So through the game of football, people are having a place to exercise, get out those heavy emotions, kicking the ball around, but also then connect in those significant ways. And in that, in that space, we are learning together. I'm also grateful to have elders uh, uh, amongst us, uh, Lauren. Mm, you know, I, yeah. I'm grateful for my mom and my dad. Uh, and, and I must, you know, give a shout out to my mom uh, because I don't have to look far for, for a woman or, or, or quote somebody from, from far beyond. I've already told you about Marisha in my life, but my mom is, is key to the way that I've seen her make her fight for her own humanity. Yeah. And I've seen, I've seen some ridiculous things happen, you know. Uh, like at my at my granddad's funeral, you know, my mom's an eldest daughter at the family, but it's like, you know, she'll speak, but she's not given the mic to speak because she's not the boy child. Mm. But I am her son and I'm in ministry and I'll be given the mic to facilitate, mm-hmm. to do something. Now imagine right there. Uh, and this is where I want to say to families, we got to be more courageous about that. We got to end the gender injustice in our own families around the way that we give voice to men and to boys and shut down women. I mean, some pastor, some preacher out there, some some elder out there can say, hey "Man, listen, those days are over. Those days are gone. We we gotta we gotta level the playing field right here. You know, mm. we gotta stop the lingo that says stop acting like a girl. I mean, you know that Nike campaign that they yeah. put out. Yeah, it caught people by storm. So, I'm giving you some scenarios of where I can see that in the family and community space, mm. there are some healthy things that we can do and some practices that need to be developed." So that we can get better because we need to heal from yeah. the, the irregularities of what society has done to us. Mm, and I, I relate to, you know, what you were saying about who gets the microphone. And uh, it's one of the things that I think we have to be courageous about as well. You know, I know in my family, you know, whenever anyone needed to pray for the food, it was one of the one of the guys get asked to do it, you know, even though we have very strong women and you know I'm a pastor too, but I never get to pray because we just have this, you know, I'm actually laughing about it because it's not like a big deal for me. But but you know, while you're having this conversation with me, I'm thinking, you know what, actually it, it is it is not okay that you know the men are always asked to do certain things you know but you have women that are serving there you have women in leadership you know not just me other women as well but yet you know we don't 
and we don't invite them into that space. Maybe, you know, we just have to sit and we have to think, why do we do that? And, you know, Seth, I can't believe that, you know, we have had such an amazing conversation today. It's been so fruitful, so blessed, so incredible that we have to actually come to an end. I can't believe it. But I want to say thank you so much for taking this time to be with me today. Not only the time to be with me, but also just what you have been sharing, not only with the listeners, with me, with anyone who is in our vicinity listening, who will maybe listen later on the podcast. It is so powerful what you've been sharing. And I'm so grateful for you sharing with us today, things that you have learned, I'm sure over many years. And thank you so much for that. And I want to say thank you for being here. I pray that God will richly bless you and the incredible work that you continue to do, the work that's up ahead for you, the work that you're currently doing. And I pray that your family on this international day of families that we are nearing will be super, super blessed. And thank you for your courage to also be, you know, coached by your daughter, coached and, you know, mentored by your wife. These are important things that we need here. So thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, thank you to, to you, Lauren, and the listeners of Voice of Change. Uh, I'm hoping that we can do more of these conversations because I think this is what happens. Uh, we mm. learn together, we, we, uh, we grow together. And I think as I close, uh, for me, a guiding text uh, for those of us that li- love our Bibles, and I do, mm. uh, Micah 6.8, we know what's required of us, and that is to act justly, to love mercy and walk humbly. If I just, you know, if I make that, and you spoke about that, you know, empathy and kindness, we gotta, we gotta embed some of those values in what we're looking for. To be unusually clear, mm. one of my mentors, Alroy Trout, will say to me, "Seth, you can't just say what you want. You also gotta be unusually clear about what you don't want." Mm. And I want a society of empathy, of love, of kindness, of compassion, and I gotta grow it in me because I've also got to practice what I'm preaching. So much love to you all out there. And thank you, Lauren, for the work that you do and blessings as you go on with Voice of Change. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. After I say goodbye to Seth on the show, he sent a message saying this was a courageous conversation. And you know what? Sometimes it is important to say, you know, this is a courageous conversation. Having the courage to talk about things that, you know, maybe we disagree on, maybe we're uncomfortable with, maybe we wrestle with. It's always good to have those kind of conversations. We like to have those kind of conversations here on Voice of Change today. And I want to say to you today, you know, wherever you are at in your family, I just want to to encourage you to just you know really pray about your needs pray about the needs of your family if you are in a family where it feels unsafe or it's a broken family please don't do things alone please don't go it alone you know if you're in a situation where there's domestic violence happening in the family please reach out to a counselor please reach out to someone that you can trust to share with them what's going on in your family as well and to maybe if you really need to and like I always say if things are really really hard or tough please reach out to you know possibly an organization that works with domestic violence please do not go it alone because the family we know is important but we also know that families are not always particularly safe places and so i want to say to you today you really are not alone and if you need help please reach out to someone reach out to a a friend someone you trust maybe someone in your church that you trust or even an organization you know please just get that help 
help and also i want to say that if you're blessed to have an incredible family a family of strength a family of people who love each other create those safe spaces then you are incredibly blessed and i celebrate that with you today so happy international day of the families taking place this saturday may you celebrate your family and may god just richly bless you keep you and your loved ones in the palm of his hand it's been so good to be with you and talking about families next week on the show i'm inviting a special guest onto the show who is going to be talking about motherhood and alcohol how the two have become so interlinked an important conversation can't wait to be with you next week take care this insert was brought to you by radio k pulpit 7 to 9 a.m Please visit kpulpit.co.za.